Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, your, your wealth activator. And today we have a very cool guest. Marco Torres is the founder of marketingboost.com. He has helped thousands of business owners worldwide boost sales and scale their business by as much as fivefold through the use of incentive based marketing. He teaches entrepreneurs how to soar sales and marketing through the use of value-add incentives instead of discounts. His Facebook group is home to more than 27,000 active business owners who are ranking in sales with his advice, an amazingly affordable subscription program. Welcome, Marco. I love subscriptions. I have a monthly subscription to iDate Money. It's called Crush on Debt. One of my favorite things to do because it just helps people build up that momentum to crush on debt. Tell me, how did you get started in all of this? Well, we got started with Marketing Boost back in 2017. And in this in our case, it was kind of a, an a accidental idea that came about. We've been in the travel space, uh, my partners and I, since 2010, and we were, you know, we got to a point, we're really growing a really nice travel business, travel website, but we wanted video reviews and video testimonials. And we could hardly get anybody to go that extra mile and give us a, a video review of the hotels or resorts we were, we were selling. So we came up with an idea to offer them an incentive, a bonus trip, if they would take that, go that extra mile and film a selfie video and long story short, you know, uh, we were we had huge successes with that. Hundreds of these video reviews coming in, but then we needed to uh, stop the whole like campaign because it was expensive to fulfill those free trips we were giving away. So we either had to find a, an incentive company that offered travel incentives or build our own. So because we were in the high travel, uh, you know, high volume travel space, we went out and solicited business uh, hotel partners to come up with a way. And long story short, we came up with what's called marketingboost.com today. We provide travel incentives to business owners around the globe that gives them the ability to uh, give away complimentary hotel stays and 130 destinations around the world, hotel savings cards and restaurant savings vouchers. Those are the categories of incentives that we offer. Well, I love that. Who doesn't like a free hotel stay, right? Exactly. And then we teach people how to how to use those, how to make them make sense, how to make it, you know, work with whatever industry niche you're in. 
And we found they work for they can work they can work if positioned properly for just about any industry niche to help either generate engagement, trade show giveaways, loyalty programs, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. What do you find the biggest challenge to be in in operating the business, the financial part of it? Well, the is maintaining cash flow and managing the cash flow properly along the way. We've, you know, run run through times in the early years where where uh you know all of the the you know expenses going out the door or more than what's coming in and you've got to make sure you manage that and build a reserve and have uh have funds to hold you through a rainy season such as in our case <laughs> uh covid-19 came around out of the blue and here we are selling travel incentives and boom you know we lost probably 40% of our subscribers that were no longer you know they thought that giving travel incentives wouldn't work so they pulled back and uh, we had to extend the usage time. You know, people give them 24 months to use the incentives versus 18 that we previously did. And the truth is, no, people were activating these travel incentives and they had hopes to use them at some time in the future. But truthfully, nobody was traveling, obviously, during COVID. So none of these incentives were actually being used. And uh, it was, you know, looking uh, a little scary there. But fortunately, we we did have reserves. We were able to hold on and come 2021 when uh, everybody was either vaccinated or already at COVID and feeling a little sick and tired of lockdowns and what have you. Uh, boom. It was like revenge travel. It's it's uh, no looking back. <laughs> uh, everybody, you know, we, we gained back to where we were and, and beyond where we were in 2019. And the usage of these incentives has, has never been better. So. Yeah, and, and that was very fortunate. And I know the COVID affected a lot of the travel industry. And, you know, everybody's like, are we ever going to be able to travel again? And having that reserve is so important. What was the, um, what kind of setup did you have in place to be able to accommodate for that? I mean, because most businesses, they don't really, you, no one could have predicted COVID. Right. Knowing that, so did you have like a backup plan in place where you're like, okay, these sales are low, but we still need to maintain, you know, a certain real revenue in order to cover our operating expenses and all of that. So what did your company do to help bridge that and not like most people don't like to tap into the reserves, right? So can right. you tell me more about that? Yeah, well, we never, obviously we didn't plan for or expect anything like of this nature to come around. Uh, but we do have a, a and still do, you know, a, a consistent uh, for the business outside of what we pay ourselves, my partners and I and everything else. We take out kind of like uh, uh, tithing, you know, in church, right? You, you know, give, supposed to give 10 percent of your revenue to to your church if you're a believer and what have you. But the idea works for business as well. In other words, we would we would not tithe that 10%, but we would put, you know, we would take, and in our case, it was 10%. So for years, we've been putting away 10% of the, of the, of the, off the top. We try to take 10% off the top, even before we pay, you know, our hotel partners and all of our other expenses, we're putting aside a, a bundle that we uh, hold in reserves and or invest and for, in the company name so that we have cash there to mm -hmm. to get through 
you know, whatever might come our way. And then once that money is up to a certain level, then we can uh, decide to distribute it among partners or we can uh, make decisions on re you know investing that in other other uh, uh, safe investments that are available to you know with uh, liquidity. So if we need them, we can access that cash. Um, but we like having looking at the bank accounts and seeing a nice chunk of change that's there uh, to to carry us through you know whatever else might come uh, surprises our way. Yeah. How many partners do you have? We've got three partners in this particular business. I have four partners in another business. Um, I've always leveraged partnerships in, in my career, uh, generated over a billion dollars in sales and online marketing since 1996. I've been an early adapter to online internet marketing from since 1996. I was an email spammer, I guess, before they called it spam. <laughs> <laughs> um, back in the days of AOL, we were doing, uh, I had a garage full of servers doing email. But um, anyway, I guess the, the the partnerships is, I've always liked the idea of leveraging, because in, when we launched this travel business in 2010, honestly, the partnership idea came about out of necessity. Uh, I had lost everything in 2008 and 2009 made some big mistakes, had too much wrapped up into this, uh, all into the same industry. Um, I had a, uh, I was a VIP job. I had a you know big corporate job and businesses of my own and found myself laying off 2000 employees and then getting fired myself. And then my businesses were failing as well. And I was reinventing the businesses and trying to uh, reestablish them in different ways. And they were failing. And before I knew it, I was selling a, I had a great year, 2009. I say it was my best sales year ever. I mean, I sold my house. I sold my furniture. I sold my cars. <laughs> I sold my motorcycle, my boats. It was like, oh, my God. It was, yeah, it was no fun. But uh, 2010, my part, I got together with some colleagues that I'd worked with for years. And uh, we were all in a similar boat with, you know, lose, uh, having lost nearly everything. And none of us could have afforded to hire each other in the caliber of of you know what we had learned in life but we could afford to uh join forces and uh divide and conquer which is what the partnership was and we launched a travel business in 2010 that um uh eventually you know one of us focusing on marketing the other on sales the other on uh, resort and, and hotel contract relationships and the fourth one on finances. And, and together we were able to put our minds together and, and, uh, and build a big business that is today we've traveled over a million people uh, throughout the world. And, and then eventually marketing boost came about as another business that I uh, am most passionate, passionate about today. Wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing all the losses. Most people don't like to talk about that kind of stuff. And it's like, I've lost everything. And, you know, best sales ever. I had to sell my boats and my motorcycle and my furniture. And <laughs> I was down <laughs> to the bare bones. What did that do for your ability, like your drive to, you know, to lose everything and then start back up? Like what kind of, you know, um, sense of self did you have about your abilities and your capabilities? Well, at the beginning, I 
I had no fear. You know, I lost the job. Okay, it's out of my control. It's the economy. It's rug pulled out from under me and everybody else, pretty much everybody else. And uh, uh, I thought, shoot, I am bilingual. I'm good looking. <laughs> but anyway, I thought to myself, um, uh, I will bounce back. I will, you know, I can easily go and 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 uh, just, you know, move into another position in the corporate world or what have you and uh, shoot it. it. It wasn't working, you know, time months and months and months were going by. And, and I'm, I wasn't even, even trying to trim back the lifestyle. Really. I was like, shoot me, me, I will bounce back in a heartbeat. Well, little by little, you know, I'm realizing, okay, hold it. We need to not spend any money. This is not working. I am not finding any new work. My businesses are failing. No matter what I try, nothing works. Uh, and little by little, I really became, I, I mean, I hit rock bottom. I mean, uh, house was foreclosed on. It was just like a disaster and a lot of mistakes made because I didn't, I didn't diversify. One of the areas I would tell people today is make sure you've, you have diversified income from different streams. So when things happen, and they will, because it's not the first time I've had to reinvent myself in my lifetime, but, uh, you know, things will eventually, you know, life goes out. It's a circle of, of uh, good times and bad times. And so uh, the lessons learned there was, you know, have multiple sources of income if, at all, you know, if possible, do everything in your power to, to as you have money coming in, make sure it's being a, a put aside, that it's being invested uh, in safe in my case, I believe it's safe investments, not too risky. Uh, in my case, it's almost all real estate, which is also can have some some. But I don't get, I don't believe in financing, so I take the money and I like to buy cash, so that there is no mortgages that I'm. If another if another two thousand eight hit, I'm going to be out from under again and not being able to. So even if they lose drop in value, they're still generating revenue. They're still all rental properties and so forth. So. A lot of my money, my personal money goes to that. But anyway, what was the question? How did I, my mentality, my mindset, I, I became, I fell into victimhood and uh, I began to feel, which is very common in America today. At the time, it became a big part of, for quite a few months, I was uh, uh, on the bottom of my barrel. I mean, I've never been a, a drug addict or an alcoholic, but I certainly contemplated it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I yeah I was drinking a lot actually but not an alcoholic version but anyway yeah it was like I felt victimized I felt maybe it's because I'm Hispanic maybe I started to take on that typical you know poor me why me mm -hmm. and, and until I changed that mindset and realized wait a minute reminded myself of the basics that I've always followed you know get back into reading books watching motivational videos and training and uh, realize I'm, you know, I live in America. This is the, one of the greatest countries on the planet that provides the opportunity for entrepreneurs to thrive. And I had to get that mindset right. And what did I ended up doing was getting starting from the bottom. I mean, I got a job as a PR sales rep and I'm selling PR from the bottom of the barrel with a, I mean, a you know, commission only practically position. Mm -hmm. Plus, and go about building a business and designing a business on my spare time so that I could uh, eventually get back on my own two feet and so forth. So it, yeah. it you have to have the mindset to be willing to burn the candle at both ends as an entrepreneur. 
mm-hmm. at least at the start, you know, or have if you're lucky enough to have a, a spouse or a partner that can you can start working with that that you're you know being able to um, grow a business with with uh, with little capital and a lot of work. Yeah. It's so important to diversify. And, you know, as a wealth activator, I have my unconventional money multiplier system, which basically is percentages. Like, you know, we pay ourselves first, we cut our profit and, you know, we look at where do we want to go? What's that income target, but always creating that safety and having that relationship with money. I mean, I date money is all about that relationship with money and knowing that your needs, your wants, your desires are met. And we're seeing like, what's going to happen if, if this you know, product doesn't sell, if this service doesn't work or, you know, there's, everyone starts at zero, you know, and and solopreneurs who move into teams or partnerships, they all still start at zero and planning that strong foundation in the beginning of your business is so important. And when you continuously implement the percentages when you're covering owner's comp and taxes and profit and, you know, operating expenses, you're always going to have plenty and the money that you do make, as long as it goes through that funnel of this money multiplier system, you're always going to be covered. You know, you don't have to worry about losing the job or losing the company, you know, and maybe you cash out some investments. And I love that, you know, um, you know, you're conservative, safe, safe type of uh, investor. Real estate's awesome. I used to be a real estate broker and a lot or a real estate paralegal rather. And a lot of people, especially like in the early 90s would buy all these rental properties and back then you can get an fha and then they put a cap on it they're like oh no we see what you're doing (laughs) no more fhas for rentals Um, but i had one client who had 26 homes that she was renting out and that that multiple income stream so even when the market didn't do well she had the income from you know being the landlord and it's great if you can be that. I personally can never be a landlord. So having lots of real estate properties, I, I not my thing to rent it out. I know Airbnbs are really popular and the vacations to go. And it's an awesome way to invest your money, especially during these times with what we're doing and all of that. And going through that victimhood that, that I like to call it victimville, we get stuck in that, like, you know, yeah. And we want to blame others, but I'm, you know, it's so important to own that and say, okay, what can I do differently here? You're like, this is not doing so well. I need to tweak it. We're always reflecting and refining, especially in our businesses. So, you know, that, that spills over to our personal life. So when you think about your business life and your personal life, like cutting yourself that paycheck, what's your relationship with your money, like in your personal um, accounts and how do you manage that money so you can meet your needs and wants separate from the business? Well, I have a love-hate relationship with money. I uh, I love earning it, and I hate losing it. <laughs> but <laughs> and I love spending it. All right, no, but uh, so my personal accounts is is um, again that's where I I like to. Uh, I probably have more cash on hand than I probably should. I I kind of like to see. It. You know the business or personal accounts, rather with with uh, that decent amount of cash available for whatever emergencies or whatever I might want to do. Uh, it's probably not the smartest place to have you know money sitting there, but mm-hmm. I'm um, and then I put I'll, I'll certainly have some in in um, uh, uh, 
not the stock market because I don't like to play that game much, but but in uh, bonds and what have mm-hmm. you, pretty safe bonds. You know, paying right now they're paying well because of the high interest rates, and kind of have that. And then every time I've got certain amount, of, I'm looking for in my case again real estate opportunities to uh, to purchase. Uh, and and I don't in, in my case I'm not looking at uh, Airbnbs. I think they're too much work. Um, they certainly do could work for a lot of people. They certainly do. Of course, those markets are 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 kind of volatile right now in a lot of different mm-hmm. places. So because of uh, era, you know, ordinances and city ordinances changing, and a lot of people are getting stuck high and dry with their Airbnbs. So again, if you, I would recommend if you're if you can find a way to save up that cash or invest the cash until you can afford to to buy properties where you have either most of it paid for. Um, uh, I've gotten away. I learned my lesson in 2008 when I did have, I thought pretty well uh, spread out, but everything, you know, you have too much with on financing, you know, financing the home, financing cars, financing other things, living the, what I thought was the dream, right? I had seven cars in the driveway and many, most of them paid off cash, but the home wasn't and stuff. It wasn't, you know, so before you know it, you're, at least in my case, when shit hit the fan, excuse me for that. <laughs> when, you know, when, they, when everything hit the fan, you know, boom, little by little, I'm having to uh, sell off everything and lose lose stuff. So, my maybe I'm too safe nowadays, but I like I like paying things off cash. Yeah, you know, I, well, I grew up with cash as king. You know, right. I mean, yeah. there was no credit cards when I was growing up. We, my grandma taught me the money envelope system and. We were taught to save 10% and tie 10% and then the 80% you can do what you'd like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and have now a I do, now I do believe, yeah, I do believe in credit today. I mean, I, I have credit, I build credit. I've, I've got, you know, I don't know how many uh, dozen credit cards or so with very high uh, credit limits. And, but I mean, I'll spend on them with my businesses for the generating of the points that, you know, for, I can use mm-hmm. for travel and other things, but those cards are paid off, you know, monthly. Right. Uh, in full so that there's no I'm not I'm not getting caught up with a bunch of uh, credit that might kill me down the road. And it's available to me if I need it in an emergency. So all of those, yeah. you know, you do need the credit cards. You do need, the, in my opinion, you do need to build up the personal credit and the business credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the business credit is something I have not done well with yet. I need to work more on that. Yeah, well, business credit is completely different. <laughs> I actually interviewed a guy. Um, oh, I can't remember his name right now. John um, interviewed him last week, and he does business credit. And he was talking about the um, on the show. He was talking about the credit score of three hundred and all. And you know, credit we can leverage credit. We can leverage debt to help us grow our finances. And one of the things I teach in my monthly Crush on Membership group, um, Crush on Debt membership group, is that it's okay to have debt as long as you pay it off every month. You know, with the 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 clients that come into that container, they're drowning in debt and they're paying so much interest rate. And, you know, they've gotten conned by the consolidation debt companies and things like that. It's like, no, you, you need to pay your debt off because you do want to keep your credit score, you know, 750 or higher so that you can leverage debt. As you said, like if you need it, it's great to earn the points. You know, I get I have credit cards. I only like to carry three credit cards. Um, but they all give me cash back bonuses. So it's awesome to get that extra cash, you know, and pay it off every single month. It's like, woohoo. And like, I hate, 
when I was younger, I, you know, filed bankruptcy at 22. And anytime I saw interest, I would get cringe, like, no, we don't want to pay interest. But it's really so important to have that balance and to realize, you know, when we think about wealth, you know, you had said you own seven cars, you had the house, the boats, the motorcycle. Was that your definition of wealth back then? And how has it differed now? Yeah, I think it was. It was it was a mistake uh, that I made as a younger man. It was, you know, okay, uh, uh, live up with the, you know, try to, not trying to live up to the Joneses or nothing, but it was lifestyle. I mean, I had lived in a beautiful neighborhood and uh, kids went to great schools. And that was part of what I, you know, it was the whole circle, right? Okay, I want to live in a good neighborhood. I want my kids to grow up and uh not be like in the hood right you know i want to be i want my kids going to a great school i want them i want them learning from other parents that are i mean i remember when we first bought that house it we were you know house poor right we had we bought way more house than we could afford uh, with no furniture and what have you because what we wanted to make sure our kids were going to the great school we wanted to make sure that our kids were growing up with other kids and other parents that had that were more successful than me. I mean, when I came to this country from Puerto Rico, I wanted to be uh, shoot. I wanted the white Anglo Republican lifestyle. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I I was voting Republican before I knew why. I mean, I need to be a a. Uh, I wanted that you know that Anglo Saxon mm-hmm. white lifestyle, and I got it. And I earned it and I built my way up there and I was living in you know, an area in Orlando called Windermere, which is, you know, right up there next to a uh, uh, bunch of others that are that are doing quite well. And but the foundation wasn't as rock solid as it should have been. I mean, 2008 mm-hmm. was a surprise to everybody. If it hadn't have been for that, I probably never would have had an issue. But but uh I mean that foundation, that house was 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 mortgaged. It was, you know, it wasn't the first house in Windermere actually, but instead of paying off or getting down, I kept moving up into bigger, nicer homes in Windermere, mm-hmm. and it was uh, the lifestyle that I was living that I felt was was uh, okay. I feel wealthy. I've got the lifestyle. The kids go to great schools. We eat at nice restaurants. Got nice cars. Got all that, but there wasn't a true uh, wealth machine or reserves or you know investments made money in the bank it wasn't there so when shit hit the fan like i said earlier it it uh, it went down pretty quick yeah so you know a lot of times i mean wealth means something different for each of us i have clients that define wealth as a tiny home in the middle of nowhere you know on several acres of land while others um define wealth as being wealthy from the inside out and being able to do what you love to do when you want to do it without worrying about anything. After working, I retired from the Social Security Administration after a 30-year career, talked to all kinds of people um, of all races, of all you know income levels. And the most common thing that they um, all said, will there be enough? So when you think about your definition of wealth and your future, you know, your, your, Maybe you want to sell your businesses and you have an exit plan. Maybe you'll do this until the day you take your last breath. What do you fear that whether or not there's going to be enough for the future? Not as much anymore because, and I keep, obviously I continue to to try to build a, a wealth and a legacy of wealth, but although I've never been one to, you know, 
only recently am I starting to worry about it'd be nice to leave if if I pass, you know, will my children inherit, you know, and, and create something that they can inherit. Although I don't really I think they need to earn their own income as well and not get just inherited. You know that there's, you know, in life people know you inherit a bunch of money, it's usually gone in a heartbeat. Yeah. If they're not, if they're not taught how to manage it. But to answer your question, uh, I what I have been working on and, and feel a lot more confident on now is I've got a variety of sources of income that I could stop working today and those revenues keep paying. And that is my goal to continue to build a variety of sources of revenue that more than likely will continue to pay when I, if I were to stop working voluntarily or because I had to. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, my father had, you know, heart surgery and, and had all kinds of issues when he was younger. I've gone through some of the same. And so uh, I'm kind of trying to prepare myself for either not being able to work or not being around to work. But if I'm not able to work, I still I want to have a ongoing source of income. Mm -hmm. And that is the, I think the goal that everybody should have when you're in business for yourself. Can you create something that will work without you? And that's part of building the business as well. Can you build the business as if you were trying to sell it, which means the business should not depend on you. So mm -hmm. if you can, if you can build the business with the goal of selling it, whether you want to sell it or not, the, the point of building it to sell it is the only your business value is only going to have more value if it doesn't need you to run. If you've built a team, if you've got it all organized with others that are doing most most or much of the work, so that it could, if you sold it, it could continue to run. Well, if you have a business built like that, then you could maybe not sell it and step back and still have the income be able to go fishing, be able to go traveling like I just did. I just spent two months traveling throughout uh, the Colombia and Mexico. And I could have continued to travel, um, mm -hmm. but I'm getting I'm getting back to the grind because I enjoy it. But that is my goal eventually is to be able to just travel pretty much nonstop and check in on my businesses without having to work on them every day. Awesome. I love that. I love that you have that exit plan and uh, you know exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, you have those reserves all set up. So thank you so much for sharing your story and what you do and all that. Just tell us a little bit about your business and how you help. Sure. Marketing Boost is really pretty cool. That's what I love about what I do today is we have a subscription model. It's only $37 a month. So any small business entrepreneur, solopreneur can, can afford it. And what we do is we provide we uh, provide or serve business owners by providing them what I call the wow, surprise, and delight factor. It gives business owners, big or small, the ability to have these uh, high-value travel incentives that they can add to whatever their call to action is. They can offer complimentary hotel stays with Black Friday purchases instead of discounting, for example, Black Friday is coming up, Cyber Monday, Cyber Week, some of the bus busiest, best sales times of the year. Well, instead of discounting, you know, we've got business owners that create these campaigns with, hey, when you buy our product, A, you get a complimentary three-night stay in Las Vegas on us, uh, for example, or book a no-obligation Zoom call with my with our sales team, and we're going to give you a $300 hotel savings card 
just for showing up to that appointment on time. We're going to reward you for your time with a $300 hotel savings card to get it over a million hotels worldwide, for example. Or, you know, sign up for our newsletter and get a $100 restaurant savings voucher that you go to, you know, restaurants in your zip code. Uh, and so we have these incentives where we're out, we're teaching business owners. We have a Facebook group now. Actually, it's over 30,000 entrepreneurs now where we're, we share and teach business owners how to add value instead of discounting, how to how to create offers that are, you know, stand out from the crowd or stand out from the competitor and uh, and include uh, in some cases, travel incentives, whether you use Marketing Boost or not, the idea is build a high value value stack to whatever your call to action is. And travel incentives might be a good mix because yeah. they right now travel is it's never been in higher demand, really. And uh, uh, so they work for nearly any industry. And that's what we do. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much. And we'll include the links to connect with you in the show notes. And as we part, what is one financial tip you can share with the audience? Uh, yeah, pay yourself first, as I think you said at the earlier beginning of the show, pay yourself first, make sure there's re revenue coming in to, to do that. But if it's, if, if, you know, when things are tight and you're starting out, that pay yourself first, put, put as much of that as possible away in some sort of reserve to keep that business afloat because you will go through ups and downs and you do need to have the rainy day funds. So try to work on that. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And for those of you listening, please be sure to check out marketingboostsolutions.com. Link is in the show notes. Share this episode with anyone you know that would need those services or just wants to hear Marco's stories about the partnerships and you know what happened in 2008, because that was a big hit for a lot of people. But being able to build the business back up again is so important and implementing that money multiplier system so that you are always protected having that safety net. Because remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire. With a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system, you get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.